take my reading first of all tonight from the book of Luke, chapter 11. I'm reading from verses 5 through 8. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to on his journey. And, I've, and I have nothing to say before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, Though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Matthew chapter 15. From verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered, not a, he answered not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cried out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And our daughter was healed from that very hour. But the Lord blessed the reading of his word. We have been born of a spirit, not of the flesh. Everyone who lives by the flesh experience will experience the corruption of the flesh. But because we are born of the spirit, we enjoy the benefits of the spirit. As many that have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior became spiritually born. And because of the reason, the scripture tells us, he that is in Christ Jesus is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Our coming into the kingdom and becoming believers has engaged us in the realm of limitless possibilities. We have been introduced to the power that is beyond the physical. Church, listen to me. There is a power that is available to you that the eyes cannot see. That power becomes activated through prayer. We build through prayer indestructible structures in the spirit. Through prayer, we release the force of heaven and the angelic hosts on our behalf. 
No wonder the songwriter says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything. Church, everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry. Gonna repeat that sentence. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. In the two passages we read tonight, I could see behind the leaning of the writing. It was an incredible story of two people who refused to give up. Of two people who were determined, honest, wholehearted in their desire to receive. What is the point in praying if we're not expecting to receive? And the truth is, many of our prayers are prayed without expectation to receive. And that's why tonight I'm going to share with you what are the keys to receiving from God. The keys to receiving from God. A couple of times in the scriptures, Jesus made references to the activities of the devil in the lives of people, both believers and non-believers. In the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 18, Jesus said, I saw Satan falling as lightning when he sent his disciples out two by two and gave them power over demons and the powers of the enemy. The Bible said they came back with testimony of what the Lord did through their ministry. Even the demons bowed down to us. We cast out devils. And Jesus said, do not rejoice in all of that. While he was talking, they said, I saw Satan falling as lightning. In Luke chapter 4 verse 8, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. We remember that situation when Peter said to Jesus, oh, why must you go to the cross? You know, Peter was resisting. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. We also remember in that same Luke chapter 4, the Bible said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Him only thou shalt worship. That was when Jesus was came, coming back from the, from the mount of, you know, to pray before the beginning of his ministry. In Luke 22 verse 32, Jesus looked at Peter and said, Simon, 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 Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. When you are converted, strengthen your brethren. In Luke 11 verse 18, Jesus said, If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? In Luke 13 16, Jesus ministered healing to a woman who was bent double. And Jesus uttered this statement. Art not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, be loosed? So we saw in different ramifications, Jesus mentioned the activities of the devil. However, More often than not, Jesus looked at his disciples and challenged them to take responsibilities for any failure that they experience in their lives. Many times Jesus 
challenge them of their inaction for certain things not being accomplished in their lives. I want to quickly mention to us tonight that Jesus understands that there are times in our lives when we face demonic oppositions. But he also knows that there is no force in hell that can overcome the force of God. However serious the demonic opposition may be, he has given to us all that it takes for us to overcome. The scripture declares, for we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he may destroy the works of the devil. John 10, 10. The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Paul, the apostle, was teaching. For the weapon of our warfare are not kind, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we see that there are times in our lives we see certain activities of the enemy. But more often than none, because of the human nature, there are certain things that are part of our own inaction, failure to take responsibility that have been attributed to the works of the enemy. And tonight we are uncovering those areas. Because the reason why certain things are not done in our lives may not altogether be because of demonic activities. Sometimes, most often, it is because of our inability as believers, of our inconsistency in staying before the Lord, in praying to receive, in understanding the principles of pulling down the things that God has originally given to us. The Bible says that we may know the things that have been freely given to us of God. There are things that have been given to us of God. We must understand. We must know they exist. And we must understand the process given by the word of God to, assist, to receive and to draw down the hand of God in receiving those things that he has given to us. In Luke 11 that we read, I'm going to give us a background story. We remember a man was in his house sleeping and another man came knocking at the door. From the Jewish tradition, this is what I read. It was said that generally among the Jews in those days, in some parts of Israel, is still in operation today. During the day, their doors are open. And they're very generous to people coming in for you to eat, to have whatever you want during the day. Now, don't forget some of the things he just mentioned in this scripture. This man was his friend. So, it wasn't a stranger that was knocking at the door. Hallelujah. It was a friend who came at the middle of the night asking for assistance. It was said from their Jewish tradition that most of them at, during the night when they have their dinner, everybody goes to bed. And they mentioned that when they sleep, of course, everybody sleeps in the same room. They spread their mats and everybody sleeps together. The animals are in one place. They put a the fire in somewhere to keep the house warm. And once the door is closed and locked, it is done for the night. Nobody goes out anymore. Because as the people are sleeping, the animals are also laying down to sleep. So whatever you need, make sure you get it before the door is closed. Because the door will be wide open all day. And it was mentioned that in this situation, this man came in the middle of the night. Now there are certain intriguing issues here. Now most times, like I mentioned, as an average Israelite, you need to have things for hospitality in your house. You have certain reserve for visitors and strangers every time. You must. It's part of their lifestyle. 
Many of us came from such cultures too. Now, for a stranger to come or a visitor to come and for you not to have anything to offer, it's a shame of the highest degree. Now, in order to break the chain of shame, the man left his house, came to his friend's house, knocked at the door. The Bible says, most probably, where the friend did not respond. Listen, we have slept. The children are sleeping. Even the animals are sleeping. It's not their time yet. But the Bible says, the friend will not leave. Why? There are people who are waiting to be entertained and there is nothing to offer them. The Bible says, now, as this man kept knocking and knocking, because as he knocks, everybody in the house is awake, including the animals. The man will break the circle of sleep for the whole family that night. The Bible says, because of this man's importunity, the man against tradition, against his own will, against every other condition set in place, will open the door. And give him, listen to what he says. I like this. He says, this is what he says. I said to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he's a friend. In other words, the reason for allowing him to have is not just because of he's a friend. But he says, yet because of his persistence. For some of us that are holding King James, he said, because of importunity. He will rise and give him. Give him what? As many as he needs. Now what was this scripture saying? This scripture is not saying that God is going to hold things against those who call upon him. That's not what he's saying. Mm -mm. This scripture is only talking about the harnessness. The determination to receive. The wholeheartedness. The desire. The strong concentration and consistency of knocking to receive. There is a goal that must be achieved. There is something that he was looking forward to without which every other person that came will, will stay overnight hungry. And because of the need at home, the man wouldn't leave. Friend, you may not rise up. By the time the door breaks down, you will wake up and answer me. How many of us have had such attitude to prayers as believers? Could it be that many of the times our complaints are based on our own ineptitude? Is it based on our, in our, in our action, action? Is it based on our easy giving up attitude when it comes to receiving from God? Let me say this to us tonight. There are needs and there are needs. Hallelujah. There are needs and there are needs. There are needs that usually have easy, easy release. And there are needs that will take persistent, consistent, continuous, ever increasing asking to receive. And the scripture is very clear. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7. Ask and you shall receive easy. Seek is a serious language. Seek. In other words, it is not going to be found everywhere. It will take you going out of your comfort zone, going out of the box to seek for it. For instance, you're looking for a natural resource. It is not going to be found where everybody goes. There have been Many of us who are scientists know there are strategic training that are being given to people to be able to identify where you have certain resources and when you find it, you know this easily when you talk to the archaeologist. They know, they've perceived there is something in a place they can dig for months, seeking for something. The same language is used in this place. Seek. It is not on the table. It's not in the market. It is not in the common places. Seek for it. No wonder this is the language that was used. The Bible said, they that seek the Lord will find him. They that seek him early will find him. 
In other words, when they are persistent in knowing him. God is not found everywhere. God is not cheap. He is not. Neither is he expensive. If you go through the right process. Seek. And you will find. The Bible says, knock. That's what we saw tonight. Knock. And the language is a hard knock, not a small knock. You know, some of us are very gentle. No, it says knock. Knock as if the door is not going to break into pieces. Knock the door. And the door will be open. There are certain issues in our lives. You have to learn how to knock at the door. To receive the things that God has prepared to give to his people. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18 verse 1, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Ought always to pray and not to faint. How many times we faint as believers. The Bible said, do not be weary in what doing. For if we faint not in due season, we shall do what? We shall receive the reward. Do not faint for in due season, we shall receive. But if we faint... We lose everything that we seek to receive. I remember this scripture in the book of Proverbs. The Bible says, if you faint in the days of adversity, what is it? Your strength is what? It's small. I love it in the living Bible paraphrase. It says, if you faint in the time of adversity, you are a poor specimen. That's what it says. In other words, you are not the right specimen. If you faint in the days of adversity, you're a poor specimen. Many of us, you know what a specimen is. God is using situation as a specimen. Don't faint. And you know what tonight? It's easier to faint than to remain consistent. The nature of man is to give up too soon. And when we give up too soon, we lose so much. And this scripture is very clear. We often do not see the dimension of this. That God wants us to be consistent in our prayer. Jesus said in John 16, 24. Eat the toe, you have hacks for nothing. The Bible says, in my, whatever you ask the Father in my name, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. In Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Jesus said, Whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he has said will be done, and he will have whatever he says. Pray. How is it that we give up so soon? How is it that we attribute every failure to the devil? Jesus wants us to own our own problems. I hope we understand that God is a God of knowledge. The Bible says, by him actions are weighed. God is not raising jelly babies. God wants to raise us as men and women of strength. And God wants to train us in the path of spiritual accomplishment. And it is not going to happen if we are pampered as children. Many of us are here tonight. We've asked God and we've called upon him and we're wondering, does he answer prayers anymore? He does. He's not going to change that because of us. Tonight, let me quickly take us through this process. What are the issues that are involved? What determines how much I receive or how much we receive as believers? Number one. Number one. The power of desire. The power of desire. Desire is a powerful controlling force. Desire, somebody says, is a proof of pursuit. In other words, whatever you're pursuing in your life... Tells me how much you desire it. And many times, our desires are a suspect. 
Because when you talk to believers, they are asking God for something today. In the next two days, they've forgotten what they're asking for. There is no desire. Here, the Bible is talking about desire. Now, this woman had a child at home. She was demon, a daughter that was demon possessed. She was demon possessed. There was no way to go. The doctors were not going to be able to solve this problem. There was no medication that was going to solve this. If the medication did, it was only going to be for a little while. This daughter was demon possessed. How many of us have seen one before? Demon from head to toe. All together under the influence of a demon. We remember the man, the madman of gathering. He was demonic. He was bruising himself, cutting himself all the way. There was no medication. There was no antidepressant that was going to solve the problem. The woman knew if any solution was going to come, it's only going to come through one source and I need to get it today. I'm not going to go to the details of who she is. She was a Canaanite woman. But the truth about the matter is she kept asking. She was persistent because she knew if this matter is not resolved, I'm going back to the same problem. You know what we don't realize? A matter that is, that is not resolved in prayer is a matter that will continually live with us. Let's understand that. Now, if I want to cease to live with this issue, I must take it to the Lord in prayer until I see the end of it. Desire. Miracles and supernatural manifestation and visitation of God don't just happen. They are, they are connected and unnest through desire. I'll give us examples. Do we remember in the book of 2 Kings chapter 2 from verses 9 through 12, we remember this story. Elijah was about to be taken off. His ministry was over and he was about to go. He had a servant called Elisha. And Elisha was following Elijah. We remember the story how the sons of prophet looked at Elisha and said, do you know what? Hey, my brother, hey, prophet in training, your master is going to leave you today. It was a mockery. He's going to leave you today. Your covering is gone because they know a master is always the covering of the one that is a protege. And they say, your master is leaving you today. From this time forward, you know what? We got our own prophet here. You don't have anybody over you anymore. He's leaving today. He said, I know it. If you watch the journey, they went from city to city. Elijah stood glue to Elijah. He knew what he was looking for. At the last minute, when Elijah was about to go, he says, young man, what do you want me to do for you? Can we hear the sound of the Spirit saying the same thing to us? What do you want me to do? He said, that I may have the, body, the double portion of your spirit. <laughs> Elijah said, you have asked for a hard thing, but... If thou shalt see me when I'm taken off, then thou shalt have what you ask for. If thou shalt see me, I like that. If you will just be attentive and alert and oriented when I'm taken off, if you can see me, you will receive. Elisha says, is that what it takes? I'll be here. <laughs> if that's what it takes. How many of us have such resolve? Such attitude in prayer. Lord, if all it takes is for me to bring this matter before you. If all it takes is for me to spend time in your presence. If all it takes is for me to wait on you. If all it takes is for me to take my jacket off and begin to call upon you. If that's what it takes, I'm going to give it. I'm not going to give up on this family until God's glory is revealing them. This child will live to please you. This child will be a child after your own heart. I'm going to wait in your presence until that is done. Hannah stood before God. She knelt down. She began to pray. The Bible says her lips were moving. Words were not coming out. The greatest prayers are not found in noises. The greatest prayer come out of desire. The strength of prayer is in the desire. Many times we, mis we misunderstand that the strength of prayer is not, in, is not in noise. It is in the desire. Let's get that right. There are a lot of people who don't speak too much. But you know what? They are sweating from the inside. Their hearts are burning. They are calling upon God, expecting a release from heaven. They knew they have no other hope. Many of us, the reason why our desire quickly dies is because we are trusting in something somewhere that is not found in God. And as long as it's not found in God, the solution is not going to come from Him. 
Have you come to that level where nothing else in your life? You know that without him, there is no way out. If thou shalt see me, when I'm taken up, desire. Let me give us a few examples. One day the angel of God appeared unto Mary and said, Thou blessed among women, for thou shalt conceive and bear a child. And you shall call his name Emmanuel. And she looked at the angel and said, Be heed unto me, O God, according to your word. Be heed unto me. How can a virgin, a woman who never met a man, suddenly discover this is a word from God. I receive it. Be heed unto me. Be heed unto me. How many of us came here tonight? Just say, Lord, just speak to me. Just say something of eternal value to me. I have a deposit in my life tonight. Be here unto me. According to my word. Do you remember the one who was you know, of the usual of blood for 38 years? She had been bleeding consistently. She had no hope. The Bible says when you read this story, she's been to many physicians. She spent all that she had with no result. I love scriptures. That's where the Bible says, Today I say unto you, O you prisoners of hope, for if you call upon him, he will render double unto you. This woman, she had spent all that she had, all to no avail. And she said in her heart, If I may just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. The Bible says she pressed through the crowd. I love it. She pressed through the crowd. Now, the desire in our lives will make us to press some people. You know, sometimes you come to church. Some people say, you, you're, you're getting on my last nerve. Don't care. Get on their last nerve and receive from God. She pressed through the crowd. She knew what she wanted. If this opportunity goes, there is no hope that any other one will Will, have, will, be, will be possible. She said, I must get it. And it is now. She pressed through the crowd. All she could touch as she reached to Jesus was just the tail, the hem of his garment. It was not an ordinary hem. When you look at the, the priesthood garment of a priest, the hem is where they unction it. Do you remember Psalm 133? The Bible says, you know, the Bible declares... How pleasant and good for brethren to dwell together in unity is like an ointment that comes from the head to the beard, even to the hem of the garment. You know, the Bible said, For dear the Lord commanded blessing, even life forevermore. So there is an unction that's on the hem. She reached out to the hem. She didn't know what she was doing. She just wanted to reach out. As she reached, the power of God came through because her desire was strong. She was concentrating on what she wanted. The power of God came through. The the, the hold and the bondage of 38 years died immediately. The source of that bleeding ceased. Who art thou, O mountain, before Serubabel? For thou shalt surely become a plain. When the power of God is released, something must respond. The truth about the matter is, there is no force on earth that can withstand the strength of heaven. The Bible says, from that immediately, that issue of law ceased. And Jesus stood still and said, a virtue has gone out of me. How many of us have touched the hem of his garment? Tonight is an opportunity to touch the hem of this garment. And say, Lord, I want to touch it. I want to touch that hem. I want to touch the hem of that garment. I want to touch the hem of that garment. I want to touch the hem of that garment. Virtue will be released. One day Jesus was passing by, there was a man who was blind from his mother's womb. He's become an household name. Everybody knew him. Do you know that guy that sits by the street, by the side, you know, of Burlington Stroke, West Hampton? You know that guy. He sits every time he asks for help. And the Bible declares, one day as Jesus was passing, he heard the noise. He couldn't see. He heard the noise that Jesus was passing by. And the Bible says, I can see the man saying to himself, well, this one lifetime opportunity, we will see what happens today. As Jesus was passing, the Bible says he declared, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The 
Bible says, and the disciples came to him and said, keep quiet. What are you talking? Don't disturb the master. <laughs> Don't disturb the master. We will see. Jesus, son of David. She called, uh, he called Jesus by his covenant name. The son of David. Have mercy of me. Jesus stood. Bring him over. What would you want me to do for you? That I may see. The Bible tells us the man threw his garment away because of the desire in his heart. How much do we desire when we pray? Prayer is not how many hours. It's the strength that is in your desire. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? That determines what you receive from God. Hallelujah. Number two, we must learn to maximize the moments. When the power of God is available, we must learn as God's people to maximize the moments. You see, when we gather together as God's people, the presence of God is among his people. He's promised that where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. Gather my sins unto me, those who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. The scripture has given us Precious promises of the divine presence of God when we gather under the unity and the power of the Holy Ghost. Maximizing the moment. One day, Peter the apostle was invited to come to the house of Cornelius. He stood as a servant of God because he had a dream. Of course, a Jew. He had a dream. of Certain things were explained to him. I don't want to go to the details because of time. He, he saw a dream and he went. After the, those men came to ask him to come over. They came from, you know, he was in Joppa. They called him, asked him to come. He got there. The Bible said the entire household of Cornelius was seated. The man stood in the midst of them. Began to declare the word of God. The Bible said, while he was still speaking. Oh, praise God. While he was still speaking, the Spirit of the Lord descended on every one of them. And they began to speak with new tongues. So much so, the Jews that were saying, ah, oh, the Spirit of God has come upon them too. What do you think caused that? They knew that this is an opportunity. We must seize this moment. The power of God came upon them. How many of us have learned to seize the moment? Look, there are certain things that are, we need in our lives. Don't wait until you specifically assign a particular period of time. Oh, it's okay to assign a time. I'm spending three days fasting and prayer before the Lord. It's okay. But when you have an opportunity to be in a place where the presence of God is, say, Lord, I believe you that you're in this place today. I'm trusting you that this is my day. I'm receiving before I leave here today. I'm not waiting till another day. Another day, I'm not going to allow another day to come. Like I usually say it, I'm not going to leave another day with this devil. Today is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I'm going to receive today. One day, I've given this testimony a number of times. I'm going to give it again. Wonderful testimony. A woman, you know, came from the doctors, had a bad report. She was given a few months to leave. The professor told her what the situation was. We all understand that. She had cancer and she was, she knew what the end result was. She had six months and she left the doctor's office. According to the situation, you know, she came out and, where do I go? Something occurred to her. Go straight to church. She drove straight. Coincidentally, there was a meeting going on, like a revival meeting going on in church. She just walked in into the service. While she got into the service, it was a big place. She, she was walking in. You know, the person that was sharing with the people just was quoting from Romans chapter 3. Let God be true and everyone a liar, every man a liar. Let God be true. That was the scripture that was being quoted when she came in. As she heard the scripture, she said, let God be true. And professor, whatever, be a liar. She fell under the power of the Holy Ghost. She fell. She just came in at the right time. That's the story. By the time she stood up, there was no trace of any lump. 
it was all gone. Look, it's a miraculous power of God. There is nothing anybody can do. Nobody can take glory for that. God decided to do that because there was a child of his, a daughter of Abraham, who was in need at the time that the world was coming. That's why I want to say to us tonight, don't underrate the power of the spoken word. Don't underrate it. The whole world was created by it. Matthew 3.16, Jesus one day came to John to be baptized of him. This is a serious principle. Jesus came while Jesus stood there waiting to be baptized. The Bible tells us that Jesus knew that John the Baptist as a person that was being used of God at the moment, Jesus walked up to, to this man and said, well, it's necessary for me to be baptized by you. But before that time, the Bible tells us that Jesus, as he was on the line, was praying. There was an expectation in his heart. Expecting to receive from God. And why Jesus did the Bible praying. If you read Luke's account, he was praying. There was a concentration. There was a desire. There was a strong poise in his heart. He wanted something different. No wonder the Bible said the heaven was open. The spirit of the Lord descended upon him like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven that says, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Praise God. Number two. Number three now, right? One of the ways by which we receive from God is understanding the legality of redemption. We didn't, just get, we didn't just get born again, coming to church. Oh, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And that's the end of it. There was a legality that was involved. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. The Bible says, there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. We walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The word condemnation, there is a legal word. Because the other side of that word is what we call justification. Is either a man is justified or condemned. Thank God we have a lawyer in our midst tonight. <laughs> legal word. So we became believers on a legal ground. The enemy has harassed many of us on a legal ground. And this is why as a believer you cannot afford to play with sin. The enemy will take advantage of that and erode your confidence. God wants us to live in the understanding of the legal, legal position that we have in Christ. And we need to understand that. We need to walk in the light of that. The Bible tells us the reason why our prayers are not answered. Isaiah 59 verse 1. The Bible says the ears of the Lord are not heavy that he cannot hear. His hands are not short that he cannot save. What has separated you from your God is your sin. That's why let's understand what the enemy tries to do. We have been delivered from the dominion of sin. When we live in sin, we bring ourselves under bondage through ourselves. We become love, we become lawful captives. Legality. Praise God forevermore. It is my belief that it is the Father's pleasure, Luke 12 32, to give you the kingdom. Now, we received two things when we became believers. Number one, we were first of all accepted. Hallelujah. We were what? Accepted. Now, it is very important to understand that. We were not accepted because of what we do or we don't do. We were accepted because of what Jesus has done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He who knew no sin became sin for us. That we may become the righteousness of God in him. He would not have sin. So we become the righteousness of God because of him. So on the legal ground, we became accepted to God because of him. Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says we have been accepted in the beloved. So our acceptance came. Now let me say this to us. Additionally to our acceptance is the access. Everyone say access. 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 I read scripture, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. I want us to read that together. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. This is what it says. It says in verse 14. It says, Seeing then that we have received, we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. 
Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Read verse 16 with me. Let us therefore come boldly. Ever say, come boldly. To the throne of grace. That's a strange place to go, right? That's a place we never had access to before. Let us boldly come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Access. Access. So we're accepted and we're given access. Now, when I stand before God to pray to the Bible, say, I should come boldly to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Understanding the legality of redemption. Today, there are Christians who approach God under condemnation and guilt. When you come before God with guilt, you don't receive. Because you are denying the fact of what has been done for you. Listen, you are not accepted because of what you are doing. You are accepted because of one reason. Jesus became the propitiation for our sins. He took my place. He, bore, he took my sin to the cross. He became sin for my sake. He carried my sin on his, on his back. And the, the Bible says in Psalm 22, My father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? He took my place. And because of that reason, I am accepted today because of him. Legality. I said this some time ago, and a lot of people I'm sure weren't happy with it. Because I know we do it. It sounds traditional. When we go to God, we must approach him as sons. Hallelujah. As what? As sons. Sons. Let that sink in into our, into our understanding. Sons you are. The Bible says we're his joint hairs together with Christ. The word hair is a very critical word. Because it has something to do with inheritance. Hallelujah. In other words, there is something that the father has that is yours. Come to him as a son with intent to receive as a son. Don't go to him as a slave. We're not slaves. Those who are slaves, not themselves. We are not slaves. We are sons. We may have servitude attitude, but it's different from me having a servitude attitude. We're sons. We're not slaves. We're not bastards. Go to the Lord with a pure heart. With the hope of receiving from him. Hallelujah. Number, th number four. As believers, we often neglect that prayer cannot be effective without the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I love scriptures in Romans chapter 8 verse 15. We can read together. We can turn to it. Romans 8.15. The Bible says we have not received the spirit of fear unto bondage. But we have received the spirit of adoption by womb. I love, I wanted to look at your scripture. It says by womb. It's not talking about, it says true womb. By womb. We cry out. Habba. Father. Through who? Through womb. Through the Holy Ghost. Through the Holy Spirit. So we understand that prayer becomes true prayer, becomes the real prayer, becomes effective prayer. We become efficient in the spirit when we begin to pray through the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8 verse 26, the same chapter. The Bible says, for the spirit himself, are infirmities. For we do not know what we should pray for as we heart. That's a serious language. As we heart. You don't know what the way we should originally ask. As we heart. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be heard. Church, listen. There are certain levels of prayer that words become inadequate. Do you hear what I said? 
There are certain levels of prayer. What's become what? Inadequate. It will take the Holy Spirit. Many of us have experienced this. You separated yourself. You're waiting on the Lord. And you're standing to pray. As you're spending time, the Holy Spirit begins to give you what to say. Not what you have written to say. The Holy Spirit begins to guide and instruct the process of prayer. And that's an effective prayer. Jude 20. The Bible says, Jude 20. I know we know it, but I'm going to read. Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We must understand the dimension that it is the Spirit who understands the mind of the Father. There are many prayers that I have prayed from my intellect and imagination and the concerns of the moment. I have noticed that sometimes what bothers me now is not what is in the heart of God. God is looking beyond what bothers me now because I look at what bothers me, but God is looking at the root of the problem. Hallelujah. I look at the fruit and I'm fidgeting because of the fruit. But God is saying the problem is not the fruit. The problem is the what? Is the root. The Holy Spirit takes me to the root and address the issue in prayer. Prayer becomes effective. We can make a demand in the spirit. All I'm saying tonight has nothing to do with the devil. Because we have associated all of that to the devil. And the devil has his place. But we need to understand what is the process. What does God expect from me? And the last I'm going to talk about tonight is what I call perseverance. There was a perseverance. We saw from those two scriptures we read Matthew chapter 15, Luke chapter 11. The man came to the door, knocked. The man said, no food. Go back. He said, uh-uh. I have people who have visited and I have nothing to present to them. I am not leaving. The Bible said because of his persistence, he's not going to open the door because he is his friend. That sounds interesting. He's going to open the door because of his persistence. And we sat here today. There are need, and there are needs in our lives. There are certain needs that don't go easily. There are needs that have been with us as we were born. There are needs that have attached themselves to us so, so closely. And we need to be persistent until we see a solution. We need to be persistent. Instead of running after scatter, there are certain issues in our lives. I, I know many people will be offended with this. It is going to take you by you alone, spending time with God for those issues to be resolved. There are issues with characters. There are issues with habits in our lives. Those problems are not going to be solved by people laying hands on you. It's going to be solved by you spending time with God. Lord, there's an issue in my life. I have issues with anger. Until you take it away, I'm not going to leave you. And you know what I noticed? He's a good father. He understands us. However long it has been in our lives, when we are consistently desiring a change, he brings it. He turns the heart of stone into that of the flesh. What can he not do? Perseverance. Perseverance means standing firm in conviction of heart. It means persistent in delay. It means steadfast in resistance. In other words, when you have resistance, you stood steadfast. We remember Daniel. Daniel chapter 10. Prayed. Spent time praying. But there was no result. Daniel received, re re refused to get up from praying until the 21st day. The Lord showed him. The angel of the Lord has the delivery of what you have been asking for. But the prince of Persia has hindered that. But the man refused to get up. Persistent. Steadfast in resistance. It also means courage in the face of fear. Persistence. And I said to us tonight, persistence is the womb where success is born. If we don't quit, we will win. We quit too soon. God is saying tonight, I have a word for you. Don't quit too soon. Don't give up too soon. Because you see, the night to the morning of glory is the most excruciating night. The night to the morning of great deliverance, it's always the most terrible night. Many of us have had issues at night before. At night was, will be so long. I used to experience that. It will be so long. 
As if it, the day will never break. But you know what? When the day breaks, we forget it was ever night before. And God is saying, I'm going to bring the word to you. I'm going to bring a change in your life. But you need to be persistent. Some of us are here, we've been crying on the Lord. Don't give up. The highest level of your effectiveness is not going to come by running around. It's going to come when we learn to spend time with God on our knees. A kneeling Christian is a winning Christian. A kneeling Christian is a conquering Christian. There is no believer that kneels before God's law. There are enough sufficient promises in the word of God. Psalm 34. The Bible says, you know, I, I, I cried to the Lord in my troubles and he delivered me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them from them all. Pray until we receive. Are we here tonight? The Lord wants us to spend time and pray. And trust him. Let's rise up to pray. It's a night that the Lord is saying, your cries have heard it. I'm going to bring deliverance to you. I'm going to bring a change in your life. Stop looking everywhere. Look at me. I'm the source of your life. I'm the source of your solution. I'm the Lord your God. Let's go to the Lord tonight. Let's just, let's just listen in a minute. Just, just open your spirit to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know what your needs have been. I don't know what you're going through. I believe tonight that the Lord is in this place and he's saying to you, do you desire that much? I will do it. I will bring it to pass. I will execute my plan in your life. Nothing will be able to stand against it. I will speak to you concerning the needs of your life. I am the Lord your God. I change that. Make the light to be and the darkness to be. But I make the light to rule over the darkness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want us to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit tonight. And begin to speak to the Lord concerning your life. I don't know the needs of your life, but he does know. And you know. Let's begin to speak to the Lord by the Spirit tonight. Let's speak by the Holy Ghost tonight. Let's speak by the Holy Ghost tonight. Making a demand in the spirit. As we make demand, we turn the tide of our lives around. The impossible become possible. We build structures in the realm of the spirit that are indestructible because we can call upon the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. I want us to bring an issue before the Lord tonight. There's one issue in your life. I want us to bring it to the Lord tonight. I say, Lord, I bring this matter to the altar tonight. I believe that I can maximize the moment tonight. As the people who sat in the house of Cornelius, they look up to you. Their desire become very strong and they receive from you. Tonight, Lord, I come before your throne. I lay this issue before you. Let there be an answer tonight. I call upon you. Let the heavens be open. Let the glory of God come upon my life. Let the solution come to an issue like this. Let's bring it before the Lord tonight. There's something in our heart. Let's speak to the Lord about it. Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bring the issue before you. You are the all-seen eyes, the things that the eyes of men cannot see. You can see. Lord, you know every situation in my life. I bring it to you. I look up to you. I call upon you. I ask for your hand upon this situation. He that has begun the good work in you, that is a promise in the scripture, will also complete it. I want us to say, Lord, let this issue be complete tonight. In the name of Jesus, I present the issue like a woman of the issue of blood, as if I can reach out to the hem of his coming. Reach out to you tonight. I reach out to you tonight. I reach out to you tonight. I turn to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise tonight. We bless your name. We glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Last prayer tonight. 
If you're trusting the Lord for something specific, let's raise our hands together. I'm trusting God for something in my life tonight. We're just going to have a prayer of agreement together tonight. You're trusting God for something. You're saying, Lord, tonight, I just want to take advantage of this. I know that other days that will come, but tonight is my night. Today is my day. Let's just lift our hands together. Father, tonight, because you can see beyond us. The Bible says, How is of not seen, he is of not heard, neither has he entered to the heart of men. What the Lord has prepared for those who love him. Because we love you tonight, we have come before your presence. We are presenting an issue before you. The Bible says, if two of you shall agree concerning anything on earth, it shall be done of my Father who is in heaven. We call upon you tonight. We know that you are able to do it. We know there is nothing impossible with you. You are a God of limitless possibilities. You are a God of limitless power. You can accomplish what you wish at the time you wish for whatever reason you wish. Tonight we call upon you. We ask, oh God, that your hand will rest upon this issue. Lord, that there will be a solution permanent hand. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Touch our lives. Do something unique with us. We go back home with the peace of God in our hearts of what you have done tonight. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands together for the Lord Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Let's take our seat. Praise God.